Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Hello, America. It is Eric Erickson here. I hope you are doing well. Today, we've opened the phone lines. You can call in about topics you're concerned about that maybe I haven't gotten to. 877-973-7425, should you wish to be on the program. I want to begin, actually, with a bit of relevant news for a lot of you. Have you been trying to buy a car lately? Do you need a new one? This is from CNN Business. High prices and rising interest rates are putting used cars out of reach. That's bad news for CarMax, the nation's largest uh, used car dealer. Saw its earnings plunge 54% as the number of cars it sold fell 6.4%. The company blamed vehicle affordability challenges that stem from widespread inflationary pressures, as well as climbing interest rates and low consumer confidence. Although high prices lifted the company's overall revenue, the results were below forecasts from analysts. Set off alarm bells. CarMax shares plunged 24% Thursday. Other car retailer stocks were hammered. Shares of used car rival Carvana fell 23%. And AutoNation, the nation's largest new car dealer, fell 10%. Shares of many automakers, including GM, Ford, Stellantis, and Tesla, were all lower. Car prices have been up for two years straight as shortages of parts, particularly computer chips, has limited supply. The higher prices have been a major factor in overall inflationary pressure. The effort to curb prices has prompted the Fed to raise interest rates. Used car prices, although down 2% from August or down 2% in August from the record high of January, are still up 48%. New car prices are only up 30%, still high. I got thoughts on this because it's relevant to so many of you who are in need of a car, a new car for you, but maybe not a new car. This is a sign of probably things to come that isn't going to get better anytime soon. I was talking to a um, auto dealer the other night in an event who said used car prices for some models are now more than the new car prices. How can that be? Same answer I got when I bought my car. So I bought a new car from a place in Atlanta called Jim Ellis. I've been buying my cars from Jim Ellis for years. And my particular model car, I have always read and they have confirmed for me that if you trade it in before you get to 100,000 miles, you get good resale. You can get a good deal on it. So I had a 2019 normally. And the reason that I do this, by the way, the reason that I try to get rid of my car after three years is because, uh, I, I well, one, I'm able to do it, but more importantly, I tend to put about 100,000 miles on a car every three years. I, I drive my car about 33 to 40,000 miles a year. So I try to keep an eye on it. When it gets up to about 95,000 miles, I start looking. Well, after my 2019 car, I knew we were headed into shortages. And I knew that it, it, when I got to, I was only at about 65,000 miles and I knew by the time I got to 90,000, there may not be any any comparable cars for me to, to buy. So I went on and traded it in for a new model of the same thing. 
And I wound up getting an incredible rate. I think I got a, a half percentage point interest rate. My new car payment was less than my other car payment. And they commented on the resale value they would give me way more than what I owed on the car and said used cars for some of their models were already selling more than new cars. And this is what this guy the other night told me. And they both gave me the exact same reason for why that's so that used car prices in some areas are selling and some types of cars are actually higher than the new car price. Why? Because people who buy used cars only buy used cars because they are convinced that the used car price is always going to be cheaper than the new car price. And because they're convinced of this, they don't even bother checking what the new car price is. So they get the used car price and the used car prices are going up so high so fast that you can buy a used car in some cases, depending on the model, depending on the condition, for more than a brand new car off the lot. Because you're not gonna check. Because you know, and I know, and everybody knows that a used car is always going to be cheaper than a new car of the same model. And that's not so right now. The market is out of whack. Used car prices are up 48%, new car prices only up 30%. CarMax is the average price per vehicle is now $28,657. That's up 9.6% from a year earlier, down 1% from the last quarter. Then there's the interest rate. Interest rates are up for mortgages and loans if you got to get them. Groceries are higher. Consumer confidence is down. Everything is more expensive. Part of this, though, you also must understand is by design. The government wants you to stop buying gas-powered cars. They want to put every incentive possible on putting you in a battery-powered car, and they want to drive up every regulation imaginable on the gas-powered cars. It's by design. It's what they want to do. They want to do it. Because they want you out of the gas-powered car. The government's not opposed to driving up your prices to force you to change behavior. And unfortunately for a lot of people, particularly uh, lower-income workers, it's a tax on them. It forces them out of their independence and autonomy into public transportation and bus schedules. And the government is okay with that. And this is another reason I think we're over time seeing this demographic shift to the GOP as a lot of these working class voters who aren't white realize if they want individual autonomy that the left claims to value, they've got to actually vote Republican who will give them that individual autonomy. This is something the left hasn't thought through with their environmentalist religion. It's way more off-putting than Christianity. The Christians tell you don't kill the baby. The secularists tell you you can kill the baby, but you can't own a fossil fuel driving car. You've got to turn your air conditioner off when it's hot. You have to go to the doctor we tell you to go to. You have to eat the food we want you to eat so you don't kill the planet. You have to live your life the way we want it, and you got to move into a city. With Christians, it's just, eh, don't kill the kid, repent. With the left, it's the entire lifestyle choices. The The only choice the left gives you is whether or not to kill a kid. Everything else, the left demands the government force you to do. A choice has become the ultimate euphemism. The left says, vote for us, vote for choice. And the only choice they give you is, can I kill the kid or not? Everything else, 
The government tells you what to do. And people are starting to wake up to that fact. And when they see these used car prices and the new car prices and they see the subsidy for the battery-powered cars, they understand the government is trying to force you to curb your behavior in a way the government wants because the experts, who are all socially liberal, say that's what you should do. The chickens are coming home to roost now as non-white voters begin to shift to the right. The same experts say the boys can have babies, that men can get pregnant. Planned Parenthood's Dr. Uh, What's-his-name, Bavik, uh, let me see here. Uh, His name is uh, Bavik Kumar, was testifying before Congress. Planned Parenthood, this is one of the high priests of the left, testifying, listen. And let's just keep it real simple, just two yes or no questions. And this is for um, uh, Dr. Kumar. Dr. Kumar, can biological men become pregnant and give birth? Um, So men can have pregnancies, especially trans men. He said biological men. And Dr. Kumar says um, men, especially trans men. Why the modifier there? Men, especially trans men, can get pregnant? That's one of the high priests of the left. The head of Planned Parenthood, the the chief doctor of Planned Parenthood, is one of the high priests of the left secular religion, and he believes that biological men can get pregnant and have babies. And if you disagree, well, you're the bigot. You're anti-science. Now, to the phones we go. It is an open line Friday, 877-973-7425. Michael, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show, Michael. How are you? Hi, uh, Eric. Uh, I enjoy your show every day when I can uh, during break time and lunchtime, <laughs> you know, things like that. But thank you. My biggest question is uh, just how large is the environmental extremist base voters and and how much should candidates be concerned about their vote? Uh, I just got out of the dentist so i've got a little numbness going on (laughs) (laughs) that's all right don't drink water you can talk just don't drink water michael so here's the thing um the environmentalists uh cultists they are actually a small proportion of voters but dominate the funding and donor base of the democratic party they tend to be upper income white people and those tend to be the biggest donors to the democratic party so though they are a minority of voters they are a majority of donors to the democratic party so the democratic party listens to them more than they listen to most people and the democrats themselves have uh, just epistemically become to believe that the world is going to end in a decade if we don't do something they are fundamentally scared to death that the world is going to end I mean, my goodness gracious, uh, they, they string all of this stuff together as well. Like, for example, uh, they string together their whole worldview of systemic racism and abortion, climate change and the like. Listen to Rashida Tlaib, the Democratic Congresswoman. I want to pause a little bit because I know that's intense. And I do appreciate you all being here because there are so many women and those that can be pregnant can't be here. And you're all speaking for them. And I really do appreciate that. Those who can't be, who can be pregnant, those who can be pregnant, who can't be here. Um, You know, when I served in the state legislature, I just wish my colleagues were as obsessed with handling infant mortality as 
environmental racism that gives so many folks, you know, pre-existing conditions and so much more. And the 13 district strong that I represent, because I grew up in the most beautiful blackest city in the country, the city of Detroit, where unfortunately, because of systematic racism, we see poverty at higher levels. We see pre-existing conditions because environmental racism exists and so much more. We are ranked in the city of Detroit with one of the worst asthma rates in the nation. We have the worst, one of the worst infant mortality in the nation. <sighs> it's all systemic racism, don't you see? Everything is systemic racism. You can't dissuade these people. Poverty in Detroit is because of systemic racism. It's not because of government incompetence. It's not because of the ineptitude of the government. Uh, same thing, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says that uh, abortion is an economic issue for the working class. And an abortion witness for the Democrats says hurricanes are a reason Democrats need to advance the abortion agenda. You got that? There's a hurricane coming. Better kill the baby. It is a religion. They have woven their religion into the fabric of their political ideology. And yet, you're the bad person if you point all of that stuff out. Everybody asked me about bowl and branch sheets. I actually put up a picture the other day. We got some at our house because we order from them. We actually are customers. They're like, oh my gosh, are they really that good? Yes, they get softer every single time you wash them. I mean, they use 100% organic cotton threads. They're super soft. You get such a good sleep. They have just the great weight to them. Like I had a pair of sheets we actually threw away when we replaced them with Bull and Branch where is they were just like too light and also not very soft. The Bull and Branch, they're perfect. The drape across your body when you sleep, absolutely perfect. Bull and Branch uses the highest quality threads on earth for superior softness, for a better night's sleep. They've got over 10,000 stellar reviews. Their signature sheets come in nine neutral colors in all sizes from twin to California king. You will feel the difference. And they're 100% free from toxins. No pesticides, no formaldehyde, no harsh chemicals. Get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at bowlandbranch.com. That's bowlandbranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D branch.com. The promo code is Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Want to go back to the phones? Cody, you're going to be the next caller today. Welcome. Hey, Eric, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. I was wanting to get your take on the uh, Ukraine thing. I heard the podcast, and they were basically saying that the whole reason that Russia was going to war with Ukraine was because when the Soviet Union fell, one of the stipulations was that they wouldn't have any NATO forces along the border of Ukraine, and I mean the border of Russia, and I guess all of that changed. Is that, is that true? Or what's no, no that? Not, not really. So uh, Ukraine had applied for membership in NATO, and that's one of the reasons Putin said he was invading, but NATO told them to pound sand. They weren't giving Ukraine um, membership in NATO. They have never given Ukraine membership. They probably will now. Um, Ukraine also wanted to become part of the European Union. And the European Union wasn't really inclined, although now they are inclined. Putin drummed up a lot of excuses. Here's what you actually need to understand about this. Uh, Ukraine, historically, uh, the, the Russians believe 
they are they and the Ukrainian people are one. Um, Kiev Rus, Kiev Rus was the name of the territory after the fall of the Roman Empire. It's where you get the word Russian comes from Kiev Rus. Kiev is the capital uh, of the area that was Kiev Rus that's now Ukraine. And so Russia has historically tied itself to Ukraine. Even though the Ukrainian people are ethnically distinct, they are similar. They are cousins. Over time, the uh, Russian people migrated north to Moscow. And you had the uh, Orthodox Church, which had first set up in Kiev, moved to Moscow. And that became the head of the Russian Orthodox Church there, not Kiev. Uh, but they were all tied together. After the Soviet Union reintegrated uh, that area together, Ukraine had independence of the fall of the Soviet Union, wanted their independence. They are distinct people. They have a distinct language and a distinct culture. It's why, so the Russians, for example, call it Kiev. And the Ukrainians call it Kiev. They're similar but different. And the Russians have wanted it back ever since the Soviet Union collapsed and Ukraine got their independence. And, and Vladimir Putin has slowly wanted to rebuild his sphere of influence. He's used a lot of excuses. He said, well, we didn't want NATO in Ukraine. They, oh, we don't want NATO on, on, on the border. Well, we don't want European Union ties. He just keeps making stuff up. We, we've got to stop trying to give him credit. I'm a little bit appalled with my friends on the right who are so quick to blame Joe Biden and the Americans for sabotaging the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. And they make superficially a compelling case of, well, why would the Russians blow up their own pipeline? Obviously, it's us. You can hear that on Tucker Carlson and other places. Except the European Union governments, the Danish in particular, said it was the Russians who had subs and ships in the area. And explosions were detected. The Russians had never turned on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, and they had stopped the Nord 1 pipeline. They were perfectly happy to sabotage them. Why? Because the Norwegians have given up their fears of climate change and have built a new gas pipeline. And that new gas pipeline crosses the Nord Stream pipeline, and it is offsetting Russia's reductions. By sabotaging their own pipeline, the Russians are showing that they can not only sever their ties with Europe, Europe needs them, they don't need Russia, but also that they can sabotage the Norwegian pipeline too. And remind the Europeans you actually need them. Winter is coming, your energy prices are soaring, and the Americans and Canadians are not bailing you out. Justin Trudeau in Canada is refusing shipments of natural gas to Europe. The United States is going to have to put up the slack and Joe Biden won't allow non-American ships to dock in ports to take on fuel under the Jones Act. It's hurting Puerto Rico as well. The Russians know what they're doing. Of course they blew up their own pipeline. They have the technology to do it. They have these subs called ARG subs. They can run sleds and blades around, along the surface of the ocean or the, the bottom of the ocean to cut cords, cables, and pipelines and drop explosives. And those subs were in the area when this explosion occurred, according to the Danes and according to the Norwegians. 
Stop believing bad things about your own government just because you don't like the leadership involved. There are plenty of bad things our government does, but this isn't one of them. The Russians are playing for keeps in a game of escalation because they want to rebuild the Russian Empire. Vladimir Putin doesn't want to rebuild the Soviet Union. He wants to rebuild the Russian Empire. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. The phone lines are wide open for you today to call in about anything I've missed. There's been a busy, busy week. And honestly, there hasn't been a ton of news, but the news there's been just hasn't gone away. And we've had to keep bringing you up to date on it. So keep that in mind. Also, keep in mind this hour of the program is brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. If you want your business to grow, reach out to First Liberty, firstlibertyga.com. They do big loans for your business nationwide, $750,000 or more, firstlibertyga.com. Tell them I sent you. Now, I want to go back to the phones before I move on to anything else and get Steve's phone call. Steve, welcome to the show. Thanks for being patient. Hey, Eric. Love your show. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I wanted to uh, recommend a documentary that I found on YouTube. I know everybody's going to be like, okay, whatever. <laughs> what? <But> on YouTube? <laughs> so it's uh, climate scientists argue against man-made global warming. And basically it, they do an outstanding job of just going down through all the arguments against, you know, all the claims that are made by the gloaming warmest, warming alarmist, and then just, it's an hour long, and it's, it's really, really good. Uh, I just I wanted to check recommend it out. that. Um, yeah, and you know, I, I follow a number of those guys, and so let, let me say this on, on this one. Um, this is the, the, the uh, a lot of my friends and I actually agree when when they say they don't believe in man-made global warming, and I think we play a part. When we talk, we actually are saying the same thing. We're actually saying the same thing, and this is part of the problem the climate change movement has with their obsession that we're to blame for everything because we all kind of intuitively understand we live in a global ecological system where every organism plays a role, some of them more than others, some of them I, I don't even understand. Uh, mosquitoes, I guess, I, I, I mean, mosquitoes spread disease and, and kill things for God, I guess. Um, their larvae service lots of food for fish. And the, even mosquitoes play a role. So we play a role as well. We're to exercise dominion over the planet. Uh, as, but we play a role, and so we all live in this together in harmony in some ways. It can get out of whack, it can get out of balance. Any organism can cause it to get out of balance uh, if there are too many. And, and the left says that and believes mankind is out of balance and we're bad and we need to die off. I look at that and say we, we're to exercise dominion over the planet, be fruitful and multiply. The planet's here for us. We're not here for the planet. At the same time, I do think that there are so many of us so overwhelmingly that um, we can have some level of impact on the planet. We can contribute to emissions and whatnot, but I think over time it's self-correcting and over time we can adapt. And my friends who say, no, 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 there is no man-made global warming, they believe the same thing. We're just talking about it different ways. I'm, I'm trying to at least capture the idea that in an ecological system where nature balances itself over time, we can, through our population growth and emissions, cause a level of imbalance that will correct over time and our job in the meantime is to adapt. The left, however, when they say man-made global warming, believe that there is no natural part of it. I think there's very much a natural part of it. We are on a little blue ball 
hurtling around a black hole at the edge of a star-filled galaxy while also going in a circle around a giant hot ball of plasma, you can't tell me that doesn't impact global warming. We found signs of global warming on Mars and on Titan and on Uranus and on Pluto. We found signs of, of global warming. You can't tell me that it's not a natural phenomenon, even if we are an amplifier to that phenomenon. And the left wants to dismiss all aspects of it being natural. Whether you agree or not, just for the sake of argument, concede that, yeah, okay, temperatures are a little warmer on average now than they were 100 years ago. Some of that is because of the heat island effect where the monitors that maintain temperature ratings used to be in rural areas and now they got asphalt around them and, and asphalt reflects the heat, absorbs the heat. It's noticeable. It affects the temperature. But all things being equal, even if we're up a couple of degrees, adapt. Don't give up the Western lifestyle. Don't give up the car. Eventually, some technology will come along that, that leaps and bounds, pushes us ahead. We're not there yet. Batteries aren't a solution. So just drive your car, fill up with gas, and be happy. I do have to say, I think that um, we also live in a society where a lot of people on the left really do want you to be miserable. And their misery plays a role in, in their worldview. Now, the phone number 877-973-7425. Paul, you're going to be up next. Paul, welcome. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm going to try to talk as fast as possible about used cars. All right. A friend of mine, a friend of mine traded in his 2015 Ford Mustang GT premium package. Okay? I mm -hmm. estimated the car to be worth around $20,000. That's fair. What the car dealerships do is they want to get rich on every transaction. So, for example, that when he traded the car in, they gave him $13,000 trade-in value. So for kicks and giggles, I called the dealership. It's local. I'm not going to name them. They had the car listed at $23,900. And then there you have to pay a $1,999 dock fee. Now, years ago, you can go into a car dealership and negotiate. Then about 10, 15 years ago, it's, you know, haggle-free, can't negotiate. Uh -huh. So why should, the, why should the car dealership make ten dollars or $11,000 on the transaction, make two points if you go to finance with them on the back end, and then you pay ten dollars to $20,000 more on the, on the new car because of where we are in these economic times. So what you have to do is pick the car, go to the Georgia tag office or whatever website it is. You see what Georgia values car A at. So let's say it's $10,000. What the car dealerships do is they charge that car for sitting on their lot. That's what the 999 is. So you watch it. I just bought two Mustangs. I never go in the car dealership, and I always buy out of state. Uh -huh. I watched the car. I watched the car for 60 days. They listed it at 28.9. After 60 plus days, all of a sudden, that car went down to 20,000 
$500 with a $699 dock fee. The state of Georgia valued the car at $28.5. So that's whatever car it is, that's what you have to do. And you never. You, you are your... like my brother in law who will obsess about a used car and, and track that sucker until he finds the price he wants. Well, when you have um, I don't have the kids. time to do that, I'll tell you. <laughs> okay, but and you know what? My wife and I don't want to say what we do, but we we our business benefited from COVID, okay? Uh-huh. We're we're in mental we're in mental health, okay? Uh-huh. So and everybody's crazy. But I, I, I mean I'm I'm just frugal in the way where you you just you can you just wait. You have to be patient and you and right. like my kids are twenty to thirty. So I've had four kids driving, and you you just have to be patient and wait. And, oh gosh! And, okay, and that's, so, and so that's the way to do it. Okay, so you're in mental health and you got four kids driving. What did that do to your mental health when all four kids were driving? Oh man! My oh gosh. man! I don't, I don't want to get into that. I don't. And you know, you mentioned Mustang. So my 13 year old is a car nut, and I never was. And he wants a I never Mustang. Was and my yeah. wife is like, "Yeah, we're going to get him a Mustang." I'm like, "No, we're not going to get him." My no, wife's no, like, no, "Yes, no, you Eric, are, Eric." Eric, yeah, I went through the same thing with my wife. You you, you raise the kids in in the same environment. But they're all different. Mm-hmm. Now, my 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 number two son, he's twenty one and a half years old. I, the kid is just sensible. Okay, mm-hmm. he's just a smart, sensible kid. He's never going to drive drunk. He's never going to, you know, race down the road. I trust him explicitly. He's at Middle Georgia State. He's going to be a pilot. My youngest son is twenty, and he is a certified EMT, certified advanced EMT, hazmat. And a fireman, I think he's the youngest fireman in the recruiting process in Hall County. I trust oh. those that kid. Yeah. My other two kids, no. <laughs> no. No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah, well, I've only and, got two to your four, so they better both turn out okay. Well, <laughs> you, you, you got, and you got to pick your battles with your wife. Yeah, listen, I'm scared <laughs> of my wife, Paul. I am too. Okay, but certain things you got to put your foot down because, you know, you're an alpha male. I'm an alpha male. But when it comes to things like that, you know, you you, you just got to put your foot down. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. yeah, Listen, I'm well, I got a couple more years to talk my wife out of letting letting the kid get the Mustang. And I just I, I don't this is this can't happen. We did buy our daughter a brand new car because the car I wanted to get her was only a few thousand less than the brand new car. I was like, I can mm-hmm. get her, a, I can get her a Kia. It's going to have a 10 year warranty You can get her through college. And yeah. I'm totally fine with that. A buddy of mine, Mr. Anderson, he's probably listening right now. He told me you get your daughter something brand new. So you never have to worry when she's gone at night. You get your son a beat up mm-hmm. old pickup truck and he's got to learn how to fix it up himself and take care of his car. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, 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 you know, I, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, um, I love the Mustangs, um, you know, but 550 horses coming out of the engine and 480 going to the wheel. They're very dangerous and they don't like the rain. Yeah, the exactly. That that's that's the and, thing that bothers me. But the me. only way to the only way to buy them really is with a manual. They're fun. But you, you, you got to be responsible. Yeah. You got to be responsible. Now, the if you get the automatic with the ten speed, 
that just, you know, you're not shifting. It just goes boom, 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 boom. Right. You know, right, right through it. But, I mean, it's so much fun to drive a six-speed a six manual. And they're, they're so cool. <laughs> oh, I, my gosh. I, I, my I don't want Jonathan, you anywhere near gave, my wife. I, I, now, listen, I gave Jonathan, I have two Priuses as well. So wow. I give John, I have a 2005 Prius that gets 50 miles to the gallon. I put a new battery in it. Everything works. He drives that back and forth from school when he comes home. And I, you know, and he keeps the Mustang down there. So, you know, him and his roommate, <laughs> they look like, they look like two spoiled little brats. See, here's you know? what I'm going to do. I, I, I'm going to get my, my son a Flint snowmobile. It's going to be leg day every day as he picks up his car and walks it to school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you know what? You know, I my that one son that I have, he's a MacGyver, and uh-huh. what I mean by that is he can. You know, we like to fish a lot, and we were spending a lot of money on bait. And I says, "Man, we should get a cast net." And I can't. I can look at a video. I can't throw the dang thing. Yeah. He looks at it and he says, "Oh yeah, I got this. I can do this." And he throws it, and it's perfect. And then you know, Dad, let me save you some money. I want to help the family. Uh, I looked at a video. I can winterize the boat. Okay. You know, uh, he's just, you know, he, he he's just, you know, he, he's a, like a man. Yeah, yeah. You know, look, I, I, I got to let you go there. I, I appreciate okay. you calling in, but that, that's, that's cool. the, yeah, you got good kids and, and yeah, there's trust levels. And I, my, my 13 year old is, he's very responsible, but he also has ADD. You tell him to do something, he'll do it. But if you tell him to do three things at once, he does the first thing. And then you got to remind him about the second and the third. And then after the second thing's done, remind him about the third. And we're working on it. We're working on it. We're, we're teaching him some life skills. Um, our oldest though, highly responsible. Um, although she's getting bossy in her old age. (laughs) All right. Look, I got to remind you guys about Patriot mobile. Uh, you should go move your cell phone service to them because they're not a woke company like so many of the cell phone companies are. They're actually explicitly created as a Christian conservative company. They're what's called an MVNO, Mobile Virtual Network Operator. What does that mean? All it means is it's a fancy way of saying that Congress passed a law that says this, these companies get to use the cell towers that the original big monopoly companies put up because they're monopolies. So it diversifies, it helps lower prices, and you get service with a company you want to do business with. With Patriot Mobile, you get guaranteed great service because they do use the cell towers that everybody else uses. But they're also Christian conservatives, and they take a portion of their profits and give it to the conservative movement. So the the pro-life movement, the, the uh, Second Amendment movement, they all get helped by Patriot Patriot Mobile. What you do is go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K, and you can move your service to them. You can get a new number or you can keep your existing number. Uh, You can do so much uh, with Patriot Mobile and you'll enjoy working with them. You get guaranteed great service knowing that you are advancing the causes you care about. You can also call them at 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT. Uh, tell them I sent you. You get free activation with my name or just go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric today. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. I won't give you the phone number. We're almost out of time. I, I got to tell you, though, the Supreme Court meets on Monday. After having the summer off, the Supreme Court will meet on Monday and the editorialists at the New York Times and the Washington Post and other outlets They are really, really working overtime to discredit this Supreme Court. And it really is a familiar pattern on the left these days. 
They don't get their way in an American institution. Therefore, that institution must be discredited. For all of the talk about Donald Trump shattering norms and undermining the legitimacy of institutions, the left does this too. There is a both sides issue that must be contended with that the left would prefer not to. They did not control and do not control the United States Supreme Court. Therefore, it is ripe to be delegitimized. It is ripe to question the outcomes of the cases and to suggest it is partisan on the right. As they lose control of the United States Senate, they will do that there. With the House of Representatives, they will go back to lambasting gerrymandering should the Republicans pick it up. If they pick up the Senate, they will talk about how the Senate is is undemocratic. It's illegitimate because it's undemocratic. Every institution the left does not control is subject to be delegitimized. It is subject to discrediting. And the New York Times and the Washington Post editorialists are in full gusto over the illegitimacy of the United States Supreme Court and why. Because of killing kids. That's exactly the problem here. They are upset with the Dobbs decision. They are upset with multiple decisions, but it's the Dobbs decision that gets the ire because that's the one about abortion. They don't like that they can't control it. They have become what they accused Donald Trump of being. It's Donald Trump's superpower that the people who hate him turn into him. It's fascinating. It's also damaging to the institutions of the country. And it's something the left laments about the right doing. Like January 6th, the left is totally fine with people calling, uh, questioning the veracity of elections. The left is even fine with people storming state houses of America, shutting down democratic institutions. When the left stormed the state house, in Wisconsin to stop a uh, right-to-work vote, the Democrats in Washington gave them a pass. When the left stormed the Texas legislature to block a vote on abortion, the left gave them a pass, encouraged them to do this. Nancy Pelosi told them to rise up and take action. But when people questioned the legitimacy of the, of the November election and stormed the Congress on January 6th, oh, well, that's the worst thing ever. What about Texas? What about Wisconsin? What about these other legislatures? Nope, nope, give them a pass. The left is perfectly fine with these antics as long as it is about them and their power. It's total hypocrisy. It's why you can't take it seriously because it's all about power for them. If they don't have it, they're perfectly fine doing the same actions. So on Monday, get ready for laments about the Supreme Court meeting and Clarence Thomas because here they come.